Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We are doing episode 3 of season 1. They finally did it. They just named that shit Murder House. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> we did it. Um, yeah, we, uh, we're getting into it. The plot is about to get um, convoluted and also inexplicably out of nowhere, very unconvoluted um, in mm -hmm. a way that I can only describe as... Scrappy do ex machina. It's outrageous. <laughs> so um we should probably just get to it, yeah. huh? Uh yeah. we should probably just start digging in. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Well, uh I guess I had forgotten how much they use this format, but it is very consistent. Every um episode so far has opened with a shot of the murder house at a various like point in time. And if they keep this up for the rest of the episodes, I say, you know what? Plus one points for the AHS writers because it is kind of a good plot device to be like, here is a, a thing that happened in this house, which is the centerpiece of this season. Um, every episode will have a different piece of history. Um, I don't remember if they do that for every episode from this point on, but they've done it for three for three so far. That's a yeah. big, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, intercutting little bits of like lore and history between like major plot beats is like, yeah, a great way to establish background, get the audience slowly in on the mystery without dumping too much information at once, right? You kind of get hooks going from both sides of the main story, but also like the intrigue of the house and then how those two things are going to intertwine and all that. Yeah, like it's it's a pretty good plot device. I think yeah. I, I agree. And my only nitpick is I think to me it would feel like maybe make it a little more sense if it was like, here's a bit of lore of the house. Now here, then here's title sequence. Now let's get back to the Harmons, yeah. the main story. Yeah. But weirdly, they, they'll do like, here's a bit of lore. Now here's a scene of the Harmons. Now title <laughs> sequence. Now yeah. the show starts. And you're like, wait, yeah. you know what I mean? And you it's, literally it's not just a huge took the deal. words out of my mouth. I was literally just thinking that. I was like, you know what? That is the <laughs> one thing is they do like to be like, here's a perfect opening sequence. Um, but we're also going to tack on a modern day sequence before the title yeah. card for some reason. It's going to break up the flow. I, <laughs> it's very I almost odd. wonder if that's like, I almost wonder if it's like an advertiser requirement kind of thing, right? Like, we want the ad to be at least, well, you know, three minutes deep into the mm. episode or whatever. That way people are engaged and are more likely to stick with the episode. Mm -hmm. Again, this is just like, I have no idea. It's like the best explanation I have because it doesn't make sense thematically or narratively at all. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, that is definitely a possibility. That was back when it was airing mostly on TV. It was on FX and I don't remember. I feel like it had commercials, you know? Um, I, I, I watched it, it on like TV TV for the first mm -hmm. couple of seasons Same, so it definitely yeah. had commercials um, and you can tell like especially in the in the first seasons where there are very clearly like ah a commercial was supposed to go here <laughs> I see yeah I kind of uh, forgot yeah okay I, I um yeah, I watched it on Hulu uh, today, uh, and it had commercials. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, there's that. It's still that's still. Isn't it amazing? They make you sign up, and then there's still commercials, even though you're paying monthly. That shit's outrageous. So, anyway, yeah. thanks. Very <laughs> I was cool. about to digress because it's you. Like that's the big thing in media now. It's like, do you want SVOD, like subscriber, or AVOD, like advertiser? And Hulu's like, let's just have both. Why not? But anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we're looking at a uh, historical shot of Murder House, which they, like Ty said, they have now um, confirmed it's Murder House because that's the name of the uh, the episode. Um, this is 1983, um, and we see Moira, um, young and hot and presumably alive in this flashback. 
Um, then the kind of skeezy owner of the house is like forcing himself on her and she's kind of fighting back. He kind of alludes to that they've already had a couple of uh, encounters mm-hmm. that she was more into than this one. Um, yeah. And then Constance, uh, <laughs> the, the one who keeps uh, breaking into the house, um, comes in and shoots both of them. Uh, apparently, Which, uh, this totally takes apart all of the motivation between Constance and Moira. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they had one conversation, it should have been over. Especially because as Constance was walking up to the bedroom, um, cannot overstate, uh, Moira was crying yeah. loudly yeah. and like screaming and in distress and clearly not having a great time. Like this is, it was one of those things I was like shooting the husband. Yes, your husband is sexually assaulting another woman. Great. Absolutely. Sure. Why not? You're just, go You're, for it, Constance. But like Moira, it's like, but why? But why Moira? Like, and I like, don't... it's what sucks is like, so what makes no sense because earlier before that happens, like the husband is like, come on, we we like got to let that one time. She was that, that was a mistake. I was lonely, which is like, if you kept it there and that's why Constance shoots Moira, you'll understand that it makes sense like now in present time that Constance does not like Moira. You know, they don't like each other. Yeah. But like this is just like Constance is just a fucking like cruel asshole. You know what yeah. I mean? Like once you add the framing of it, she w- you made Moira a victim and like now Constance is being extremely vicious to a, a, a victim no mistake a victim yeah like shot a victim in the head Constance fucking sucks forever yeah. now yeah well, and like I mean, later on Moira has like a big like moment and Constance is like still holding it against her and it's like how have you in all this time not had this conversation or if you did have this conversation how am I supposed to even care about Constance a little bit if she had that conversation and went, yeah, actually, you know what? I still should have shot you. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. This is a, I, I think it really just destroyed, like, it, not that Constance is like a good character to begin with, but like, there's almost nothing redeemable about her now, you know? Well, I, I like to that point, like not to give them too much credit, but like, mm-hmm. I think actually that is, that is kind of the point is that okay. Constance is irredeemable because um, we like the from the first moment we see her even though this was aired quite a while ago even then most of the things Constance says is not stuff that people would oh, be okay yeah. with today oh, sure um I think that sure. they were really trying to hammer home like oh did you think Constance was good in any capacity no she's terrible <laughs> she's actually just, awful but- but the thing is, but the thing is, it, it's it's not just about like this character is good or this character is bad. It's about motivating factors in a story and a narrative. Oh yeah, and it just shatters those entirely. Like it just doesn't work. Because even if even if Constance was the most irredeemable monster in the world, it being an assault would then remove motivation. <laughs> like yeah. even if she was an irredeemable monster, that would still be enough to be like. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I killed you, you know, and I don't apologize. But like, it's just not. It's there's no universe where it's believable. Even other, if it's like irredeemable monster, there's still like you would have to be like, I fucked up. The, <laughs> I might, I might eat crow on this one. And this is not Sloby from the future. It's just going off my memory of the show. This also feels like something that you wish should be addressed between them now. In terms of like, someone has to tell the viewer like, where is like, hey. I wasn't a willing participant in that. I don't know how you didn't know that when you walked in, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like, what is the mistake here that's being made? Is it like, is if Constance is really that 
cruel and shitty and despicable, fine. But also, then, why isn't the husband a ghost here, by the way? But you know what I mean? There's just, like, a lot of yeah, weird stuff. That's the other thing. Yeah. They, not to, like, spoil too much. I think he does make an appearance. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't I, I think it's just that Constance <laughs> said no one. blows him the fuck out every time oh, okay. he shows up. And so... He's like, yeah, I better get that. Uh, he's like, I'm here. not showing this is, up. This anymore. isn't working for me. <laughs> um, but gotcha. that's okay. like our our setup um, for like the more Constance Moira lore. And by the way, um, Constance is um, really good at Valorant uh, because she hip fires and hits Moira straight through the eyeball um, without even like aiming. Uh, pretty. Pretty impressive. In fact, later in the episode, she even mentions it. Um, <laughs> that's like when she's such a dick. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and, and when she shoots her husband, too, like the last bullet has some kind of like ju- juice magic in it because it like knocks him down, <laughs> which is really <laughs> funny to me. It's always funny in media because like the thing is, hey, you remember that law in physics where every action has an equal and opposite reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so unless when they fired the revolver, it fucking knocked him back six feet, the bullet's also not going to knock the other person <laughs> back six feet. Like, that's just not how that works. <laughs> he was kind of off balance after seeing what a good shot the wife is, you know? It's like, oh! I tried. And he's in yeah, his underwear. It was, like, it was a whole thing. After, after he got shot twice in the stomach, he's like, maybe if I lay down real fast, she'll miss. He pulls out a Tim Robbins. <laughs> no. It's like, who left this bag here? I almost tripped on it. But um <laughs> And that so, that's like that's the framing, but then like like we said, they immediately instead of just like cutting it there, because it is about a three or four minute opening or sequence mm-hmm. there, um, they're like, No, remember present day? Um we have to do that before we get to the actual opening yep, sequence. Just kidding. <laughs> and they immediately we ended the last episode with it and we're starting this episode with it. Um, a who's on first style misdirection of Ben and Vivian fighting, um, framing it like somehow Vivian found out about the abortion, but nope, uh, teehee, we were just misleading you by not, by being vague. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Again, I know we ended the last episode like this, but we're doing it again. Um, we intentionally <laughs> presented information to make it misleading <laughs> and you believed us, idiot. <laughs> Dummies. It can be read both ways. Oh, wait, what? No, it can't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and uh, the the real intention of this um, interaction is actually that- You aborted our funds, Ben. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. You aborted our accountant, Ben. Uh, yeah, this accountant that we've never heard of before um, apparently just lost all of their money. Oh, no. And now they can't sell the house because this is reason one of about 10 that will be presented this episode. Um, for reasons they can't sell the house or can't leave the house, they can sell it. Which they can't uh, leave it. So, which yeah, hey, again, um, you don't need to like buy a house or rent a place to not be in a place. <laughs> um, like it just feels really hard to believe that someone who's like a well-off psychiatrist in or psychologist or you know whichever in California, like who has bought this house in the first place would not have some friend or relative who would be able to take them in for a while. Yeah. Right? Or like, a friend. They would have yeah. some kind of connection. Like, this isn't someone who's, like, out on their own in the wilds or anything. This is, like, a doctor. And like, he went to college. <laughs> he knows some folks. And yeah. you know what? Like, normally, it's like, okay, look, it's a horror thing, so you have to afford. Why don't they just leave the haunted house? Except they specifically brought this up last episode. Like, they wrote themselves into the corner of Vivian saying the very unhorror movie thing of, 
we're selling the haunted house. We're not staying here. <laughs> but now they have to, like, work to claw their way back up of the hole that they themselves dug to be like, okay, wait, wait. They, I know they would want to move, but here's why they can't. And, you, yeah, you end up with these sort of, like, finances, yeah. you know? It, yeah, it, it, it's the difference between, like, you get these, like, CinemaSins things where it's just like, yeah, they expected you to have suspension of disbelief, asshole. That wasn't a mistake. Right. Versus this, which is them going... Hey, uh, specifically the characters in here also know you shouldn't have suspension of disbelief. Like they yeah. bring it up to your face and go like, here you go. Like you were going to be cool with this just rocking. You were down for the force just fucking existing and being weird magic. But guess what? We made funny little guys and that's what the force is now. And it's like, we didn't need <laughs> that, man. No, <laughs> like, exactly. We were, we were good. <laughs> that's the thing though. Cause like what they do is they'll like, they do this stuff specifically to subvert your expectations, but then they don't know how to follow through on it. So you're just like, screwed you know what i mean like yeah it turns out subverting tropes is hard because you have to be really creative like we use tropes because they're convenient and they fit like yeah. that's that's the idea so they're like we want to they want to have the rewards of being able to be creative enough to subvert a trope but they aren't yeah like every season we have reoccurring issues of this of them like being like hey Here's the thing. Uh-oh. We said that thing in that last episode. Now we have to come up with a different thing because we said too much. We Like, we come across that in every season in, like, um, so many episodes. And it feels like what it is is, like, <laughs> when they write something, they're like, well, if we've already written something, we can't go back and change it, even well, if we haven't recorded it yet. So like, It's I just like a preteen <laughs> lying about being caught with cigarettes. Yeah, like, yes. they just, like, start adding more details in, and then they're like, uh-uh. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, and my friend Justin was there too. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna go call Justin's mom. <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. And they they like continue doing it and stuff because now once we have um oh yeah that's right because before the next scene where we further go into the and here's why like Vivian's like yeah we got we're gonna rent an apartment right and and Ben's like I don't know if we can afford that you know um uh yeah so like. What is it? Oh, yeah. she And she has that line, like, and if I ever catch you lying to me again, we are through, mister. And it's like, mm. it's to, yeah, they're <laughs> like, let's throw an additional stakes in there of like, oh, he has one lie left. As if like he hasn't already fucked up abysmally so many times. One yet. exclamation like, point. He's already been caught cheating, man. Like, <laughs> the one the, that's he, the final straw. That's Mr. Right. This better be your final evidence or else. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is the one time where they did need a supernatural element. Like, there needed to be, like, some kind of problem elf that came up to him and was like, sign this contract, but if your wife catches you lying to her again, you die. Yeah. Like, something like that. Because, <laughs> like, truly, with it's just like, yeah, whatever. If he gets caught by Vivian, like, it'll probably be more of what's already happened. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And there's also this, like, pained, long shot just on Ben's face when he's like, uh, 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 <laughs> no, no, my wife's going to leave me. Yeah, I feel like, the, it's like the script was like, now you pull your collar, and then the actor's like, well, I, I can I can work a face thing in. Like, all right, fine. You know, like, <laughs> if you have to. I, I got to reel it back. The crying and masturbating in front of the window is where I draw the line. We're, we're reeling this back to facial. Only. I need a little dignity for Ben, our horror yeah. protagonist. Ben deserves no. Uh, no dignity. Uh, but mm. that is where, <laughs> that's where the opening sequence is now. Mm. Um, 
they kind of like agree that like and like Vivian kind of like sets forth like I'm meeting with the realtor tomorrow. We're selling the house because basically what it boils down to is they cannot leave until they sell the house because um, mm-hmm. all of their money is tied up in the house. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so the next scene after the opening sequence um, picks up uh, with the realtor um, who is, I, I guess, going to resell their house. Um, and then <laughs> in like. The span of five seconds, Marcy the realtor goes from being an LGBT ally to homophobic to a homophobic Republican. Um, it is a very weird sentence that she's talking about the previous owners um, and kind of drops some like lore because every time we talk to her, she mentions the two uh, owners before mm-hmm. and how a little bit more about how they died. We will get more info about them later in the season, but like. Right now, Marcy is our only source of information, and she's progressively getting more homophobic about it each time for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. And Vivian's like, you know what? I don't give a shit about that. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up that you didn't warn us about the serial killer murders uh, that caused those people to break into our house. Um, that's pretty fucked up that you didn't tell us about that, which I agree. Um, and Marcy's like... I only have to tell you about deaths within the last three years, and I did that. And then she starts trauma dumping on Vivian about how she's single yeah. and lives in a guest house. Uh, what the Very fuck? Just, she's, like, she's like, I live in a van a down, down by the river, and I would give anything to live in here. I eat cat food in my van because that's all I can afford. It doesn't even taste like liver. I'll <laughs> tell you. I know. Like, and, like it's just like so weird. <laughs> it's absolutely the fucking Chris Farley van down by a river bit. It's so... <laughs> and like, it's so ridiculous because you know what? That's a big house you just sold. Like, you're doing okay as a realtor yeah. probably. You know, That's like, what you I was just... thinking. Like, I'm like, she sold this big fucking house. Like, how do you I'm not following money? my dream as a little entrepreneurial startup realtor, and I have my only make point one percent commission on anything I sell. I, I want to like see like her backstory now with that boss. Like, I know you're the poor, <laughs> crappy young realtor, and here's your one chance. You gotta sell murder house, you know. And, Oh my god, that that has to be how it got, went down because there's no other explanation for why she's doing this. Either way, I feel like luckily Vivian reacts kind of how I would react, which is I don't give a fuck about that. Uh, we're going to talk about selling my house. Yes. Um. Fuck you. Uh, you're going to sell my yeah, house like, and hi, you're going to do a good I'm job. I'm hiring you as a professional. You're doing your job now. Thank you. Or you're leaving. These or are your I'm two choices. Or I'm you because yeah. you didn't disclose about the serial killer, which caused me and my daughter to almost get murdered and yeah yeah, exactly and again she does that thing like oh you're not the first realtor we called we tried other people and they said no Mm -hmm. you know whatever but it's fine yeah um and so she i guess like begrudgingly agrees because she doesn't want to get sued um meanwhile um moira is in the kitchen menacing ben a little bit um we just get a shot of that she's like here have some coffee and he's like okay um, that's kind of relevant later, kind of not. Um, yeah, not by right. the way, Constance is in the house again, um, stealing <sighs> the silverware piece by piece. Um, <laughs> unclear why she's only taking like a knife and a fork at a time. It doesn't seem like the Harmons use those because they're like in a weird part of the house. Um, feels like she could just it, take yeah, all of them. The thing that's so confusing about this is. I interpreted it as, like, the silverware was already in the house, which, like, then why hadn't Constance already stolen it? 
And like, why is she waiting till now? And also, why does she think they would care? Like, here's it's implied that it's the Harmon silverware, but it just doesn't work in context. <laughs> you you know what? No, it's like it's like we really need you to hate this character. Like, yeah, I do. You know, it's fine. Yeah. You, you you got me in the intro. Like, don't even worry about the silverware. Frankly, it's almost redeeming her. Like, you know, like yeah, it, you had me with the eugenics and racism. You didn't need to keep adding mm-hmm. traits for me to hate Constance. Yeah. Um, but she like Moira catches her doing it again, and she's like, "Hee hee, I'm gonna frame you for stealing the silverware, Moira." And I'm like, <laughs> "What is that? What purpose does that serve? It's like, it's not like she can leave, like." Worst case scenario, she gets fired and doesn't you have to clean anymore. Already. I know. Yeah. Like, at, at some point, there's just like a, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, if if you had shot me in the head and then somehow I was still around talking to you afterwards, I'd be like, there's literally nothing you can do worse to me and than shooting me in the head, which you've already done. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> what, really, what really sucks about Moira now being a character in a way is because she before she was this mysterious, like, trickster spirit almost, where she's like, I'm going to, like, seduce Ben and, like, Don't guess worry, it. we're going to get a new one of those. I know, but it's like, I mean, like <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, wait, why? Now I'm, like, supposed to feel bad for her, but then, like, if she has this backstory, then why is she screwing with Ben, you know? Yeah. Like, if she well, has, like... That's a, the uh, other thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense why Moira it, would do that unless there's some weird American horror story rules about ghosts have to keep doing the <laughs> thing they did that made their life bad, yeah. and that's their okay. penance, which is... So, I'm not going to spoil anything because it isn't a spoiler. I'm going to say something, but I'm telling you it's not a spoiler. Like, they mm-hmm. they do not explain it later. Yeah. That, um, yeah. But yes. this is something that has been highly, highly discussed amongst American horror story viewers since... Season one and the ongoing overwhelming um, theory is that kind of similar to what Ty just said, like um, what you were like, what your life kind of revolved around or ended because of is what ties you to the house. Um, And some people until like their soul is freed or whatever, um, are forced to relive that over and over again. Like, we'll meet another character ghost later um, who is hyper-focused on uh, babies, and we'll see why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so for Moira, it's uh, it's fucking husbands. Sorry, I just, but, I forgot the character they introduced and what she is metaphorically, and it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she's... Uh, She's a girl boss. She'll be here later. We'll talk about her later. Um, right now, Constance is um, stealing one silverware at a time to sell on eBay, and I guess she's selling one silverware at a time on eBay. Unclear why she's doing this. Um, Moira has a little bit of a breakdown here um, and is like, I want to leave. I'm scared. I miss my mom. I don't want to be trapped here. My mommy, and then, she says, my too. My mommy. Which, yeah. Which I feel like is, um, like, supposed to be, like, kind of, like, the like notion, like, she's, like, you know, she, she's scared. It's, like, something a kid would yeah. say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It is, for what it's worth, um, I cannot remember, uh, Frances Conroy, I think her name is, the actress who yeah. plays old Moira. Yeah. Um, she's a great actress. And this is mm-hmm. one of a few scenes in this episode where Moira's character is a very, like, well-acted character for what mm-hmm. it is. Um, something that would become... Job. 
something that would become a regular installation of American Horror Story, I'm finding out, is having someone who's wildly talented as a weird side character that everyone ends up getting way more into than the rest of the yeah, show. She's not, yeah, she's not like quite Kathy Bates level, but she was like the, the mother on Six Feet Under. I, I don't know if she won an award for it, but she, like, Frances Conroy is a good actress, and like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah no, and... Jessica Lange, I think, is like has a lot of like uh, oh, yeah. cred too. So like, yeah. I, I I didn't put it in my notes, but I definitely had the thought while I was watching earlier today um, <laughs> of the scene where uh, Constance actually shoots her husband. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really good like moment after she shoots both of them where she sits down on the edge of the bed mm-hmm. and she like takes a beat to like take her big fancy earrings off. Mm-hmm. And then she has like a breakdown. It's a really well acted scene. Yeah, um, she does a really good job. It's one of those things where you're like, "Wow, this would be in a really, really good movie." <laughs> um, like if this was in a movie, it would be a really good movie. Uh, and then it immediately cuts to more American Horror Story bullshit. So like, <laughs> there this- are definitely <laughs> nuggets of like, "Damn, this has the potential to be really good." Amongst a lot of dumb bullshit. That's, yeah. That's, like, my my contention with the show is it's a lot of missed potential and stuff. But, um, uh, so, then elsewhere in the house, yeah, we have Ben's, uh, Ben's with a client now, Sally Freeman, um, uh, another American Horror Story regular, and, uh, her, she's upset because her husband's divorcing her, and when he has her, it's because she's too boring, and she is very boring, and, um... She's like, I remember, I, I even remembered all, like, the sports teams he likes. And she starts listing sports teams. She's like, I had a good memory. I can remember all the states and the capitals and stuff. And Ben is, like, kind of just, like, zoning out as he's watching her. And it's, like, almost funny, except you do get the impression something's up. Because then all of a sudden, he's, like, outside the house. He's got blood on his hands. And he walks in and, like, um, Moira is, like, you know, bent over, like, you know, with her, like, ass in the air and everything, you know, like, with the short maid dress and, like, scrubbing blood off the floor and squeezing out of the sponge. And then she's... And again, this is... At this point, it truly does need to be mentioned because it's about to come to a head. I don't know if we fully got into it. Young Moira is ludicrously fucking hot. Like, absolutely, like, 13 out of 10 smoke show fucking ridiculous. Like, Mm. to the point that another character shows up at one point and immediately mentions damn that's a 13 out of 10 smoke show how do you focus with that shit going on and like the fact that he has not at any point gone to his wife and been like are you sure you're okay with us employing a 13 out of fucking 10 smoke (laughs) show like her and like because that's the thing is like if it's such a problem and later on it comes to a complete head and no one at any point, like, it's just so unrealistic, like, especially just hanging out with friends. If someone that hot shows up, everyone afterwards is just like, Jesus Christ, that person was hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, wait, you know what? Not even, not even she's hot. Like, she's hot in like a cosplay-esque French maid outfit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's outrageous. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, it's like borderline just like fetish video. Just like, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's just out and about. It's yeah, like, whatever. It's fine. It's like a thing where like, Ben would almost say like, look, I know you hired Moira, who's like, obviously like an exotic dancer or something to tempt me or to test me. And you know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about she's like 80 you know what i mean like it would must have come up even with that being a sore subject yeah yeah. but especially if we are to believe that ben was rebuking her advances from then on yeah and then 
like, what is the chance he wouldn't then go to his wife and be like, hey, we need to talk about this maid. She's been coming on to me constantly and like, it's getting hard to deal with, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like there would be a conversation. It's just so. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not so to mention, unbelievable. It, they like literally don't address it. But remember a couple episodes ago, um, Violet, who also sees Moira as old, um, Basically, from what you should understand, audience, is that if it's a lady who sees Moira, she's old. If it's a guy, she's a smoke show, like, 20-year-old. Yeah. Um, Violet literally saw old-ass Moira, like, crawling on top of her dad a couple episodes ago. And, like, oh, they never God, addressed right? it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Violet has literally seen old-ass Moira, like, trying to jump Ben um and just nobody somehow they all still dance around this weird misunderstanding um, and later on um for some reason ben i guess also forgot that his daughter had seen this <laughs> because it sure would have been really good for him to be like one sec i'm gonna get our daughter she can verify that this lady has crawled on right? top of me while undressing herself yeah yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, and I, I, it's one of those things, it's like, all right, fine, I guess because Ben's on such thin ice with her, he doesn't want to bring it up, and maybe whatever, so I kind of get it, but it is, the point, yeah, it's, it's, it is so straining believability that this has not, that this, this is still happening, that this, like, this, this it's just, yeah, it's just like such an extreme dichotomy between the two characters, that the fact that no one would have even in passing mentioned something right. that immediately got the other one to say, like, the fact that, like, even a small daughter, Violet, would not go, like, you know, like, something about how old she is, because, like, teens always be saying shit about how old people is. <laughs> like, and, and you know what? To, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Actually, th this part will come up later, so I'll solve it. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's worth mentioning that when Ben comes back inside and she's cleaning the the blood off of the floor, she acknowledges that there is blood on the floor. Um, and also, he is asking where his tape recorder is. Um, him looking for the tape recorder like frantically will be a reoccurring plot point for the rest of the episode. Um, but basically, uh, she keeps trying to fuck Ben, and Ben's like, "Stop trying to fuck me! Where is my tape recorder?" Um, and then <laughs> yeah, he's literally, he's just like, "He's like, you were the last person who saw my tape recorder. Where is it?" And she just goes, "I shoved it down my dress. You can find it. Just put your hand between my titties. Like straight <laughs> yeah, up, yeah, it's just yeah, like put yeah. your hand between my titties. You can find it real quick. Like it's not beating around the bush or anything. It's not questionable. Yeah. It's just like." Grab my big old honkery doose. And, and, <laughs> and then yeah, because he's just like, and then that's where he's just like, that's it. Like you know, we're we're fired. You're fired. I'm done with it. Yeah, he like he like grabs her and shakes her, and oh, then right. um, Vivian catches him shaking her. Um, which again, Vivian sees an old lady, so all she sees is Ben shaking an old lady up. Um, right. <laughs> and so they call an emergency meeting uh, in the kitchen where Ben starts like complaining to Vivian in front of Moira that Moira will not stop trying to bang him. And Vivian's like, well, that's weird that this old lady's trying to bang you. I guess I guess we got to fire you. And then Moira goes ape shit bananas and is like, if you fire me, I'm going to sue you. Uh, fuck you. I still work here. And they're like, okay. Mm -hmm. I guess yeah, you like, still work here. <laughs> Her defense truly makes no sense. Like, it, and also Vivian like doesn't believe him for a while either. Like, she's weirdly like, just like, oh come on, this old lady, come on, Ben. And like again, just a case of 
if you, anyone said anything out loud about Moira, the whole jig would be exactly. Up. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because that's it. Yeah, they don't. So it's still like this whole. She makes like a weird because he's like, and she parades around in that little outfit. And she makes that face like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like eighty again, and I think her outfit is actually different as Francis Conroy, mm, like is. older Moira. But yeah, okay, so like. Yeah, but again, yeah, like you said, no one says the words, so it's still, they live with that, like, sitcom-esque miscommunication happening. And then, yeah, yeah she's this like... Whole, this whole season is based on people just not saying the most obvious thing that most people would say out loud. Right. Um, and it causing wild amounts of confusion amongst <laughs> all the characters. I just realized they're trying to do a horror regenerating of Shallow Hal. And my brain just exploded. <laughs> Sorry. They're doing spooky oh my Shallow God, Hal. You are yeah. right, yeah. and that sucks so bad. <laughs> You are correct. That is quite oh literally God. what they're doing. Uh, uh, one sec, gotta make a note to myself. Episode title: uh, Spooky Shallow Hell. Oh right. my God! It, I can't believe you. I can't believe it is. You cracked too. the code. Except that it's like that burned Larry guy instead of like Tony Robbins. This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God! Well, back outside the house, Vivian is doing some gardening because I guess. She does that, uh, and a bus full of people in shirts that say Eternal Darkness Tour are going across the street, and there's a guy out front, and he's announcing, he's like, check it out, it's the murder house. <laughs> Everybody clap. Right. Yay. They said it. Yes. Um, and yeah, somewhere else outside, um, a teen gets caught smoking, as I uh, expertly hinted at earlier, and Ben catches her and uh, says... Hey, um, yeah, you were almost killed by some weird, like, semi-cultist. You deserve a cigarette, Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Which, understandable, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're gonna rat me out? Like, well, you didn't tell on, <laughs> you know, like, me kissing the maid, so, no, I think you're good on the cigarette, Violet. Yeah, we're God, even. another time where it would be prudent for Ben to have brought up Violet, and then, I forgot, he literally engages with her right yeah. afterwards and has an exchange about keeping secrets. Mm -hmm. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, but, yeah, he leaves. Oh, there, God, yeah. I was gonna say, but nothing else happens except for Tate coming out and also smoking the cigarette. Mm -hmm. That's the scene. Um, <laughs> nothing gets accomplished there except for Ben is cool with Violet smoking and Tate's also hanging out with Violet. Uh, that is literally all that happens. Um, so Ben walks back in and goes, Moira, tape recorder. And she goes, it's in my bazonga goons, big boy. <laughs> oh, that isn't where the tape recorder ends up being, but I kind of wish it was. Like, I wish that was the end, like, old-ass Moira has to pull out the tape recorder from her from her massive bazongas. And then she's like, you're next. Yeah, go ahead. She's like, oh, yeah, I let the next patient in, by the way. And Ben goes... What? <laughs> and then it's like he's looking at his notebook, like I'm so sorry, I didn't have any of my appointment. Looks up, whoa, 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 Hayden, and it's Hayden, and she's sitting in the chair, just like, hey Ben, came out to see you in L.A. And he's like, what are you doing? She's like, don't worry, I know Vivian's not here. Anyway, um, didn't have the abortion because you left me. And he's like, oh boy. And he's like, and I'm thinking I'm gonna move out here. And you're going to pay for it and be a father to my child. And you have to tell your wife that's how it is. And he's like, oh, boy, this is getting bad for me. And, you know, um, and he's like, let's just 
talk about this and think about this a little. And it's just shit. <laughs> yeah. The, the best part, the part that's so fucking funny to me is during this, <laughs> during this back and forth, she at one point goes, we definitely need to tell Vivian about this. Like, we can't keep this hidden from Vivian. And Ben goes, you're right. We definitely need to discuss whether or not we tell this to Vivian. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> that is the ultimate shitty boyfriend weaseling out of something. Like, holy fuck, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know what? We'll we'll have a meeting about it. I agree, and then after that, we'll see, we'll circle back around, check out, you know, mm. see. Let's, <laughs> let's whiteboard that. Let's put that on the list of ideas, and we'll just see yeah. how that goes. You know, yeah. But you know, while we're here, yeah. how about we float? You know, not what? telling. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a note into the agile, and uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh we're God. blocked but, we're blocked uh, on i really don't want to anyway sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> by the way in case it wasn't clear like um hayden is not like presenting this information like a rational human being um hayden is clearly unhinged um and the whole like don't stick your dick in crazy um that's her like that's she's that trope um and she's very like uh Yandere dev type um, <laughs> type beat, but while this unhinged back and forth is going on, um, the doorbell rings, uh, and there's a detective at the door who says he needs to talk to Ben. It is truly a rough day for Ben. <laughs> not my um, day, ben, says Ben Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not my day, says Yeesh. Ben Harmon. <laughs> like Hudson Hawk getting a cup of coffee shot out of his hand. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so he's like, Hayden, this cop needs to talk to me. Can we like talk about this later? And she's like, yeah, tomorrow at three o'clock at Norms, whatever the fuck Norms is. She says it like we should know what it is. <laughs> so weird. I, right? I want to point out she says Norms like she's we know what it is. Later on, she will say Norms very angrily. Yeah, like, I'm and not- it registers. It, it registers in my brain like someone from New Jersey yelling about Wawa. Like, you yeah. let me at the Wawa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, what's also funny is, like, if Norms ends up being, like, a local L.A. chain thing, it makes no sense that, like, Hayden knows what it is, because mm-hmm. she's also from Boston. Right? <laughs> so, like... Oh, my God. Anyway, the cop's there, and I think, uh, yeah, Hayden's like, oh, I meet you tomorrow, and leaves, and then... um like uh yeah the, the cops like so you know you have this patient sally freeman she's missing and ben's like oh yeah that's weird right she was in and uh she left and he's like yeah you're the last person to see her she didn't show up for her next thing like nobody knows where she is um moira walks through and he's like hey you got any work done with that thing walking around ben's like <laughs> please leave i'm so sorry don't I'm, i know it i'm having such a stressful which day. again <laughs> confirms that other men can see the 13 out of 10 smoke show just just waltzing about and no one has brought it up like does this mean no other men have ever been in the house because otherwise you know you feel like if vivian had any male friends whatsoever they would walk in and be like are you sure you're okay with after the after what you've gone through like it just oh, it's so unbelievable yeah <laughs> it's just so unbelievable. some ups guy just like holy you know what i mean like make like just look yeah, a little too something yeah, like, holy shit like what's going on here she's an 80 year old grandma what <laughs> <laughs> it would almost be kind of funny if like that did happen and like all the female characters are like what is with all these dudes being horny for our old ass maid what is going on 
god. That, that is like the Moira spinoff sitcom. You know, it's like. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. And then, are you ready for the weirdest, hardest segue to the most? It, irrelevant scene. Oh man, um, am of, I ever <laughs> of the, the show? This this beef. If you forgot this scene happened, I would not blame you even a oh, little yeah, bit I because I forgot this scene happened within twenty seconds of this scene. Happening. I watched this episode twice in terms of the podcast, and I almost forgot about it until I read the notes, and I'm like, "That's right." <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> so I'll, I'll speed run it. It cuts to a weird aspect ratio. Um, the framing and cinematography is that of like a gritty se- 70 or 80s like cop film. Um, like there's a weird filter over it and like it's shaky hand cam. Um, and there's two guys kind of like shoving each other a little in an alley. And then one's like, you want to kiss about it? And the other one's like, no, I'm going to stab you because I don't want to kiss a man. Um, <laughs> and then he does. He stabs the other one. Um, and then one dies and then Amazon subtitles popped up and was like, okay, in case you don't know what the fuck this is about, um, this is a reenactment of a thing that actually happened, not the the scene, but like what people think happened. It's an urban legend. Um, a real actor named Salmoneo, um, the urban legend is that he was murdered by a man that he propositioned for sex. What actually happened in real life, um, is that. It was a robbery gone wrong by a pizza delivery guy. There is like an urban myth that it's the weird stabbing thing. Um, and for feels some disrespectful reasons, to yeah. a certain extent to do a reenactment after it's been proven yeah. that it wasn't like that. That like it's not even because like I'm not saying like, oh, you shouldn't suggest he was gay or whatever. It's just like it feels weird to know the truth of an actual murder and then it- portray something See the else fake like, version. And you know what's yeah re- that feels weird and what, what really really sucks about it is the tour so what this cuts to is it's the tour guide on the eternal darkness tour and vivian's on the tour to see like that what they say about murder house from the tour's point of view right which makes sense but the problem is then that the tour guide is like they say salmineo was like as a like a robbery gone wrong but it, it might they think it might really be in a hate crime which like is kind of telling people at home, hey, the real facts on this case that, like, actually happened in real life, nah, the urban myth is the true one. You know what I mean? Like, what are you fucking doing here, man? Like, so, yeah. And also, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with the show and will never be relevant I, again. Um. Yeah, it, it feels like they just wanted to, like, lie. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, they're just like, what if we just fucking lie in the middle of our show for no reason? What if we just spread misinformation like, for no personal like gain? Like a little garbage like, Loki. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. fuck yeah. it. Just like, uh, too bad, Salminio seven- family. <laughs> like, yeah, also, like, the truth the is... Like, you can present the truth in an interesting way as well, so I don't know why they felt the need to invert it. Like, the truth already could support a story. You don't need a fake... You don't... Ah. And you know what else? You don't need to do any of this. The tour is about Murder House. You know? Like, it's a total non sequitur. Like, whatever. So, um... (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, Vivian, yes. Like I said, Vivian's really riding in the Murder House tour, and, um... Yeah, and like instead of just googling it or looking it up herself, he's like, "Ah, the tour, the perfect source of information," and finds out that yeah, in 1922, the house was uh, built by Charles Montgomery, a plastic surgeon to the stars, for his wife Nora. And we see the flashback during the tour guide's narration, where it's like Charles on he's like huffing ether, you know, 
Um, and he's got a Frankenstein complex, which he says like is like a thing, but like is yeah, it totally cool? It like it's a thing. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't think that's a thing people uh, get. Oh, I, as an ex-medical engineer, I've gone a little too deep. You know, you occasionally you plan a knee surgery and you just kind of wonder, what if I could make this knee come to life? <laughs> you, know, you know, it comes for all of us, you know? Like, it's just, you work in the medical industry long enough, you're like, what if I could revive the dead? And then you just start uh, killing people a bunch, you know? It happens to the best of them. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. That's nothing. Like, That's so nothing. like, what kind of doctor is he? Because then they show, like, Nora come down and like, Charles, what are you doing? And he's, like, sewing, like, bat wings onto a pig or something. And it's like, what are you, crazy? Like, that would never work. You can't just stitch things together. Like, what kind of horrible doctor are you? Like, ah. No, it's it's fine. It's called Mumble Korg. And now give me more Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god mm, um what do you call it so like they're having they're having dinner upstairs yeah and um Nora's like you know we you don't have any money we only have two servants it's terrible well you're gonna have to you know I've decided to help you out with things and she talks like that so I'll, and I'll stop doing it but um uh so she like She's like, I brought a girl over here. So basically, he wants her to, like, perform, like, you know, uh, like a closet abortion kind of thing for, like, uh, a young starlet who's here in Hollywood. And she's like, you better be sober for it, you know. So anyway, um, what do you call it? The tour guide also uh, talks about, oh, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, they had 12 abortions in here as the reign of terror, which is like, that's some fucked up like, like, editorialism. What <laughs> I assume, <clears throat> like, I had to assume based on that, that, like, they killed the patients as well and were, like, taking their organs or something. Because otherwise, yeah, very weird. Very, very weird. <laughs> Yeah, weird, like, anti-abortion propaganda to shove into the middle of a murder house tour um, when everyone's trapped in the truck with you. Um, but, yeah, their quote-unquote reign of terror of performing abortions, as far as we know, the audience, um, ended in 1926. Um Vivian's like wistfully listening to this information and she looks down at her convenient white pants that she's decided to wear today um, and notices that she started bleeding <laughs> from the vagina. Um, Vivian's like, rot row, and to everyone's confusion, gets out of the truck and runs into the house. Um, <laughs> and it's like, which it's is okay. a very funny scene. He's like, hey, you can't go in there. It's like, no, it's okay. It's my house. Which just like doesn't really explain things, you know? I'm yeah, that doesn't really sell it. Also, the other thing is like they just frame this as though it's like something I should know on gut check is like horrifying and like me 33 year old cis man I'm like I actually don't know if pregnant women just kind of bleed a little sometimes. That seems like that might happen. I don't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> and then like next scene after the break, a doctor going, oh yeah, that's just a thing that happens sometimes. It's not really a big deal. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, Okay, I would get yeah, I get Vivian panic in right, right? like that makes sense. She's gone through this before, et cetera, et cetera. She's she's got a, a very high concern. She's very stressed mm -hmm. right now. But the showrunners and the producers of American Horror Story did build it up like it was going to be a big thing, and then they just let it deflate in yeah, the room. Like they truly like they spend a whole scene like pumping up a balloon, and then the next scene it just just empties out just flattens just that's it. That's <laughs> so, yeah it, it, you can't leave Chekhov's menses unfired I'm sorry it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. but, like uh you know um 
No, yeah, so, but it does serve one purpose, and that purpose is the doctor's like, what? the doctor's like, man, yeah, that's it's nothing. Don't worry about it. But whatever you do, don't leave your house. Like, yeah, you cannot move. In my, in my medical opinion, you can't move. Because she's like, yeah, we're selling our house. Like, absolutely not. Like, what doctor says that no, too? Like, you can't you get out can't. of here. I'm a. I'm a special doctor, and I also... You can't. You have to stay here. It's a rule. <laughs> oh, my God. And the doctor goes as far as to say death, divorce, and moving. Those are the three things that are most stressful that any person can experience. And I'm like, I can name five things off the top of my head right now that are more stressful than those three things you just mentioned. But no. go off, Queen. Say, like, m- multiple deep lacerations. Yeah, like for example, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be more stressful. Falling into a frozen lake for six minutes <laughs> yeah. would probably be more stressful. You know, um, um, I don't know, or, maybe uh, being threatened by serial killers who want to recreate a famous murder. I'd put that pretty walk, high on the list. Walking in on your... You beat me to <laughs> it, but yeah, that's the one, huh? That... I feel like yeah you'd be the doctor would be like you can't move too stressful and then you'd just be like i was almost murdered in this house and then the doctor would go my bad (laughs) (laughs) sorry and then she says something that's like yeah kind of funny just like and make sure whatever you do your spouse doesn't get caught in a big lie am i right ben or something and he like just passes out because it's like something that's like he's just like uh house i don't know boom falls on the floor and then, um, but, you know, it's like, oh, I'm okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ben just straight, straight up takes a nap on the floor, mm-hmm. and the doctor's like, hee hee, we're going to run an EKG, and then you guys are going to go have some lunch. Bye. Yeah. Um, she says that, by the way. She's like, go eat some lunch. Uh, we'll give you your test results back later. Um, that's only mildly relevant. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Already but forgotten. But now we're back at the murder house. Mm-hmm. Um. Constance is outside walking some dogs she has, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and she sees Tate standing in the window. It's This is a, such a funny interaction. She sees Tate standing in the window staring out of it, um, of Ben's house, by the way. Um, she waves to him and smiles, and he does not wave back, but just, like, slinks back into the shadows like Homer Simpson slinking <laughs> back into the bushes in that one gif. Mm-hmm. Um it's very funny. Um, it's a very funny interaction. And then the realtor notices this because she's setting up the for sale sign and is super weird about it. Um, that establishes nothing, but now we're on to the next scene. Um, ben is once again at the park trying to outrun his demons. <laughs> and it's time for us to meet my favorite character. You might say... But Ty, we've met Larry before. No, no, no. This is a new Larry. This is a much funnier and more confusing Larry than you've ever witnessed before. This is a better Larry. Yes. Larry evolves into a better character each episode. Yeah, Ben is, and he is specifically power walking uh, away from his demons. And Larry runs up and goes, "Huh, it's so much easier when you're not running. I can just walk right up to you." <laughs> like, it's, yeah, Larry, Larry's like comic like, relief now. Get, this, extremely comic relief. Like, just is like, "Oh boy, it's so much harder when you're running." Thanks for going slow today, Mister. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and he's yeah. And, Ben's just like, hey, man, fuck off. What are you doing here? And (laughs) Larry's like, I just need about $1,000 so I can uh, get some headshots. I just need some real good photos. You know, I can really sell myself, Ben. And Ben's like, no, 
and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe Ben needs to find a new place to outrun his demons because he just keeps going back to the park where Larry apparently lives and is surprised when he encounters Larry <laughs> there each time. And like, yeah, because and, and yeah, and the joke's supposed to be like Larry's like, because like I'm thinking now's a good time to get an acting, and it's like, oh, haha, you're a burn victim. I get it. Headshots, you're whatever, right? But then like for whatever reason, he doesn't let it go, and you know whatever. So anyway, he um he's yeah Ben's home. He's looking for his tape recorder. Still can't find it, and uh, passes out again. And he wakes up to the in the yard where, where Constance is like, "Hey, you're sleeping in your garden with a shovel." <laughs> hey, big boy, come here often. So the guy passed out on the lawn, pissing on the lawn all by yourself, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like okay, so the the sequence of events is very funny because Constance finds him passed out on the ground with a shovel. He wakes up like, "What the fuck is the shovel?" And then Constance just starts talking to him, and he just starts fucking digging. And I'm like, "Why are you digging, Ben? You don't know like, why. Why you woke up with a shovel?" Like truly, Constance has the most rouge the bat pissing by yourself handsome <laughs> vibes of any scene I've ever seen. Just like, oh yeah, shovel in there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know you shovel loud as hell. I think that's cool. <laughs> uh, so Ben is digging while this conversation is happening. Why or for what purpose? Who knows? He does not disclose. I don't think. He knows why he's digging. I know why he's um, digging. Because we're trying to rip off The Shining a little bit and just make him do shit to cover up some deus ex machina. Whatever. Anyway, just, sorry. Just a little bit. Just a, t- just a teeny tiny bit. Um, and Constance kind of like does a little like, uh, not not literally, but like metaphorically tugging on the collar. Like, you shouldn't dig there. You should build a gazebo instead. Um, which, good news. He takes this to heart, literally. Um, and will eventually build a gazebo there. Um <laughs> Don't worry about it, though. While he's digging in the yard, someone rings the doorbell, and Vivian goes to answer it. Um, Vivian, understandably, because of what has happened to her, is a bit cautious, so she checks the peephole and is like, who is it? And there's some lady on the front porch. It's, we know, the audience, um, know that it's Nora, the lady from the flashback, the old-timey lady who had the Frankenstein husband. <laughs> um, and she's like, can I please be let into the house? And like, uh, this... and Vivian's like, hell yeah, I want to sell this house. Get get in here, but like, lady. She's a little scared, so she has a candlestick to like hit her, and then she's like, come in, like, yeah, come in, you can see the house. But she's like, still kind of awkwardly holding the candlestick, like, oh, this uh, anyway. <laughs> but... I was just recandling my house. Don't worry about it. Um, and like, Vivian's giving her a tour, and of course, Nora is kind of like pouring over all the details of the old house because she loves the house. It was her house. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they, it's very funny. They get to the kitchen and Nora has like a little bit of a panic attack. Like, what the fuck is that? Um, and it is the, it's a pasta arm, which if you don't know what that is, it's the pointless little faucet some people install over the stove so you can fill up pots of water it's like, uh, without having yeah. to walk two feet to the left to fill it up in the sink. It's, um, but it's like of all the modern conveniences too, like that's not one that's, you're going to be like, what the hell is that? It's like, it's an extra faucet. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, do you mean compared to uh, a refrigerator right, yeah. or an electric stovetop <laughs> or, or um, she, a TV? The microwave that she comments on in like the very same scene. Yeah. Like, oh, I would never have one of those infernal contraptions. Like, you know that, but the pasta arm freaked you out, lady. No wonder your husband yeah. was also. <laughs> 
how would she know what a microwave is? Wasn't it like the 20s? Yes. But like also what's she been doing as a ghost? Just not hanging out for a couple of decades? Like just like I'm going to wake up now for the Harmons here in like 2009 or 2009, whatever. They and oh also, yeah, wait, there's me been in. other people who have lived in the house. Wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where we start to see the unravelings of um, American Horror Story having very confusing ghost rules. Um, <laughs> uh, it appears that for Nora, she A, had to be invited into the house, um, and B, could only arrive once Vivian had heard the story about her in the tour, like some kind of weird, like... NPC-driven quest in a video game. Here's the thing that's really weird and frustrating about all of that. Like, they don't need ghost rules. Like, that's the thing that they added, where it's like, oh, all the ghosts need consistent rules, which fucks up Moira, which fucks this up. You know what I mean? Like, I get they have ghost rules that they're following, but that was entirely their invention. Like, why? But anyway, that's just... Yeah. yeah. They just love to make more complicated. Unlike the beautiful documentary, Charles Barkley Shut Up and Jam Dyden, where they understand that ghosts are like dogs. They just do things arbitrarily. Yeah. <laughs> like, there ain't no there ain't no rules. They just do what they feel like. And that's beautiful. It, like, yeah. It really, like, uh. yeah. But yeah. Again, again, it's I can't feel bad for you. You wrote yourselves into this corner, you fools, you know, but yeah. anywho. Um, yeah. We get a, like a little brief moment where um, Vivian goes to pull the tea out of the microwave. And when that happens... Um, the camera passes over the back of Nora's head, and we see that she has a gunshot wound going out the back of her head. And then when Vivian turns around, Nora has disappeared and doesn't think that's odd. Um, <laughs> in case you forgot, Ben's in the yard digging still. Um, and as he's doing that, the detective from before walks up. Um, that's not suspicious. Remember, a detective has seen him digging in the yard now. <laughs> um <laughs> He said that they found Sally. Remember Sally? Uh, and she had his tape recorder, so he doesn't have to keep looking for it. Um, she was admitted two days ago to the hospital for a failed suicide attempt. Um, the detective's like, I got to talk to you about this here. Listen to the tape recording. And it shows that Sally was like kind of having a meltdown because he had zoned out and was like, pay attention to me or I'm going to kill myself. And then he finally snapped to and was like, oh, I Which, guess I like, better be a good psychiatrist now. From the perspective of the woman who is getting a divorce for being so fucking boring, I imagine having another person just immediately afterwards start zoning out within 20 seconds of you talking would probably be pretty brutal. Oh, for like, sure. I feel like that would, that would cut pretty deep. So, yeah, like it makes a lot of sense that she would maybe escalate but the situation she, a bit in the she meeting. cuts herself and ben is like stop like he's like still zoned out a bit and he grabs her hand her hands like see oh that's now i know what i have to do and leaves so that's how his hands got bloody in the flashback but then it's like so what's moira cleaning up like did she just like bleed a shitload in the front there or what but i don't know that i don't I think don't that know. gets an explanation but whatever no, and did, it did doesn't. no one mention this to Ben that this happened? Because <laughs> it feels like he would partially notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the Ben's and basically the implication is when he snaps to and is like, "No, don't do that." She's like, "Ah, oh, okay." So to get someone's attention, I need to kill myself, and then she fucks off. So like the implication is that like, oh, because of this interaction, that's what made her decide to go try and kill herself. And um. Ben proving he's the biggest piece of shit alive when the detective plays that recording and we see the flashback which is presumably him understanding what's going on you know he's just like well I didn't do anything there that was all her you know just like what are you, 
Yeah. And the detective literally is like, you're right. You didn't do anything. It's not a crime to be an asshole, which he says that verbatim. And he's correct, which raises the question, why is this conversation happening? Is Ben, like, (laughs) under suspicion of committing a a crime? Like, why are you doing this to teach Ben a lesson? I don't think detectives do that. Yeah, did the cop just show up to just be like, hey, man. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it was. This. What a weird thing. Here's your tape recorder. You're a piece of shit. I really came more to chew you out than anything else. That's ben literally Orman. what it is. It's like, here's your tape recorder. I just wanted you to feel bad. Like, it's such a weird thing. Like, detectives aren't really in the business of doing that, typically. Um, anyway, that's what went, that's what happened there. Anyway, Viv and uh, Violet are looking at an apartment somewhere else who's, um, being hosted by a woman wearing a crop top Hawaiian shirt, you know, as um, employees of apartment complexes typically do. Uh, Violet's like, I want to stay at the house. I like it there. And Vivian's like, no, we almost got murdered there. And Violet's like, that's why I like it. Yeah. Um, it's like we, <laughs> we got to be hard together there, mom. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And like, actually, Vivian's like response, which is also, which is basically like, well, I'm glad you see it that way. It's true. Cause the alternative of I'm traumatized for life is probably worse. Yeah. Right. But then it's like, Violet's like, yeah, but you know what, mom, if you ever move, I'm going to run away and I know how to make it. So you'll never find me, which then like turns into Oh, this is just an awkward another reason to stay in the haunted house. This is another house. reason yeah, why we can't so leave the house. Right. We're now up to like five reasons from this episode is by alone. Having, by having Violet be the most out of character human being in the world. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I cannot imagine a teen who was almost murdered after, might I add, after being traumatized by fucking Tane or whatever in the basement <laughs> where he turned into Infantata. Like, yeah, like, it, it, there's no oh, way that she right, like, yeah. oh yeah, there was like a little, there was like a weird murder baby in the basement. <laughs> and also then some weird cultists showed up and tried to kill us. Um, yeah, no, actually, I like being there, Mom. Don't be a wiener. Like, what? Yeah, right? Because even yeah, that- I th- Like, we're supposed to understand that Violet's a little freak. Um, but like, they make her not, not quite enough of a little freak like she's just kind of like a little weird teenager when what she needs to be is like a weird little freak uh but they don't do a really good job of like she's not showing she's that. not lydia from beetlejuice and they're trying to make her yeah. that you know like this is fun. yeah they are 100 yeah. percent trying to do that um they needed to lean in harder if they were gonna mm-hmm. have her be little creeps miss deluxe they need they absolutely need they needed to have her response be to infantata instead of being like what the fuck was that be like yo you are so hot you're a 13 out of 10 and everyone sees you as a baby and i don't know why (laughs) yeah a hundred percent like they're trying to violet's inner monster fucker sees infantata (laughs) as it truly is that that's the secret of American Horror Story, but don't worry about that scene too much. It literally doesn't establish anything. But yet another reason why they can't leave the house. Um, and back home, uh, Ben gets a phone call from the doctor earlier, uh, who's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, you're fine, by the way, but someone's been drugging you with laudanum. Um, I don't know why we tested you for that, but we did, and it's in your bloodstream. It's like nobody, but, um, nobody uses laudanum anymore. But anyhow." Yeah, because it causes massive memory loss, turns out. We stopped using it in the 20s. Isn't that wild? I know she doesn't make the um, little Wikipedia article on, on laudanum, like, while you're here. Also, um, hey, guess what? Do, do you know what, um, do you know what people would, do you know what no doctor would ever call it if they were giving you test results? 
Laudanum. <laughs> because do you know what laudanum is? That's just morphine in an alcohol suspension, <laughs> also known as morphine. That's what we call morphine. They would go, Ben, someone's drugged you with morphine. Someone has given you opioids. It's like, so- hey, trust me, in America, they would test for opioids. Yeah, but- <laughs> they would tell you opioids. They wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that's laudanum. You got mercury in your poop, too. You man. know what, too? Like, like, also, like, hey, you've tested positive for la- for opiates. I bet someone drugged him. Like, no, that's not the yeah. conclusion you come to. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Also, especially if, uh, I don't know, let's say, for example, he was a uh, practicing licensed medical professional of some kind, particularly in the mental health field. I feel like being caught with opium in your blood would um, immediately put you up for review. And with a a pregnant wife uh, who had already come in for an issue with potentially losing a baby due to stress. Uh, yeah, seems like they would and, maybe address that more, but they don't. They're like, teehee, someone's been drugging you. And Ben's like, ah, I knew it. And then like immediately goes off to go yell at Moira for it. And Moira does this really hard thing where he's like, Moira, I know you've, someone's knocking on the door while this is happening. Um, <laughs> Moira, I know you've been drugging my coffee. And Moira just doesn't even look at him and goes, prove it. And just keeps walking. And I'm like, girl boss shit. Hell yeah, Moira, fuck it up. <laughs> um, and Moira just keeps walking up the stairs like a fucking badass. You know what? You um, know what would work too, though, by the way? Like, Vivian, now we have to fire Moira. She's been drugging me with laudanum. <laughs> yeah. And I caught her masturbating um, in the fucking room. Like, and I didn't mention that earlier. You know, like, <laughs> and meanwhile someone has been going ape shit bananas on the doorbell while this has been going on um and he goes and answers it and it's hayden he's like ah oops, oh you my to god go hayden, i swear to god this better be good yeah <sighs> she she like screams i was at norm for four <laughs> was, hours and it's just like again very funny like to me as like a chicago resident it would almost be like someone just being like i waited for four hours at the piggly wiggly <laughs> and you didn't show this up. is almost <laughs> like when you abandoned me mid my abortion <laughs> But it's worse. I can't I believe you abandoned me again at the food lion. <laughs> like, <laughs> all the people um, at Norms so are like Hayden- sweating like this is bad press for us. <laughs> <laughs> H- Hayden is going apeshit. She storms into the house and is like, Vivian, 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 we need to talk about something. Like, So she, she's clearly fully off off mm, like any kind of semblance of like being peaceful. Like she's ready to ruin Ben's marriage. Um <laughs> And then I guess luckily Vivian's not home because Ben calms her down and is like, oh, hey, chill, chill, chill. We'll go get lunch at like a nicer place. And she's like, I'm not going back to Norm's. Um, and he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's fine. Um, let's go get lunch at like a nice place. And they go outside to go get lunch. And then the funniest and sequence of events. <laughs> Deus ex scrappy do This MFR. Oh, my it's pretty God. Great. I'm I can't. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's- Scrappy do ex machina. Yeah, like it is hard to overstate how clearly they were like getting ready to walk out the front door and go somewhere and have a meeting and hard cut to Hayden getting broadsided with a shovel. 
by fucking Larry. Like literally Larry, the funny little guy in a suit who ran up, who walked up and said, "Thank goodness you're not running today, Mr. Harmon. I uh, it's much easier to walk up to you when you're just also, walking." Now, like, anyway, I need a thousand dollars for uh, for some headshots. Might if I run a couple lines by you? I'm gonna be a big star, Mr. Harmon. And um, that character uh, just murders someone. And is like, he gets knocked down. Ben's like, "What'd you do?" And then he hits her again. But the thing is, he doesn't have a use of both hands. So, like, you know, like, he kind of, like, hits her, but you have to, like, kind of buy in. I guess that was supposed to kill her. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't think he's going to get the leverage for that, but whatever. Yeah. And that's the thing is, yeah, like, he just kind of bonks her once. And, like, my initial response was that she was just going to be rolling on the ground being like, what the fuck? And Ben would be like, what the fuck? But instead, Larry just, like, hits her twice real quick. And he's like. Yeah, she's dead. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's great. We took care of that for you. And then he's like, this is great. See, now she's dead and you didn't murder her, so you're fine. And then Ben's like, what have you done? He starts like cradling her bot, I guess, body. And he's like, what are you taking a DNA bath? Knock that off, Ben. He says it so funny, yeah. too. Like he, he it does. Ben has punched Larry, so Larry's crawling on the ground. And like Ben's cradling Hayden's body and like weeping. And Larry crawls over on his hands and he goes, what are you doing, bud? Taking a little DNA bath? It is yeah, so funny. It is really it funny, is honestly. It's so yeah. funny. It, they, he delivered it much <laughs> better. It yeah, it was... It was they I had did. the yeah. fucking comic relief character be the out of nowhere, like... Oh, I almost want to go back and count how many frames it is between Larry appearing on screen and Larry hitting Hayden with a shovel. <laughs> I'm willing to bet it's like within four. Like it's amazing. Uh, I think actually the shovel uh, enters the scene before Larry does because you just see like the it's just Hayden in the frame coming out the door and then a shovel hits her in the face. It's pretty funny. Honestly. And then it pans it over. Right. And it then it pans the to Larry. <laughs> It's, that's why it's so funny is because she's literally just walking out the door and then suddenly she takes a full shovel to the face out of nowhere just from off screen. It's very, very funny. Um, and Ben is like, she's dead. And Larry's like, yeah. And Ben's like, you're a murderer. And he's like, yeah. Um, and then that's the extent of, it, of that yeah. conversation. And then like um, Ben runs in and vomits because he's just witnessed Hayden get murdered, right? And you think like, okay, he's not a total piece of shit. But then the next scene, they show like, He's like building the gazebo, like pouring cement to build the gazebo. Oh, oh yes. before that, before that, we cannot, we cannot leave this scene before my favorite interaction of Larry and Ben, which is after oh, you're Ben right. has been cradling his dead mistress in his arms, to which like Larry's like, "Hey man, hey man, it's okay. Scrappy Doo did it. It's fine. <laughs> I did the, I did the murder." It's not on your hands, Ben. It's fine. I did it. And then Ben's like just still very much like going through it. Larry walks this over, picks up the shovel, and he's like, hey, Ben, you already dug half a hole, bud. <laughs> oh. That's amazing. <laughs> what were you planning on? Uh, planting petunias? Like, it's just. <laughs> I Yeah. That's some great, great digging ex machina. <laughs> I thought you meant the. Am I real? The, the, like, the legitimately funny line, like, hey, Ben. I could really use that thousand bucks, which I'll be like, all right, you got him there. Yeah, yeah, the hands with you, you drive a hard bargain, Larry. <laughs> Larry is an incredible character who I love very much. Um, a lot of people give Ben. A lot of people give. <laughs> uh, 
I'm like, uh, so then then Ben throws up, and it cuts to um, kind of this like what it, it goes from this very funny sequence to what's supposed to be a very emotional sequence. Oh my god! This is the part that kills it too. Is it literally ends with you know Larry being like, I could really use that thousand dollars. By the way, thanks for starting the whole man. I appreciate yeah. it. To like the most melodramatic music playing over it, like the most somber scene on the planet, and I'm literally still <laughs> laughing from Larry's ridiculous interactions, and then borderline in the arms of an angel starts up, and I just start laughing even harder. Like, I had to take a break to breathe. I was laughing so hard after the music kicked up. And wh- oh, but why and is it kicking up? What's so emotional? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's well, Ben's building a gazebo. <laughs> well, not not yet. Now we haven't gotten to the gazebo yet. We're still with we're still with Larry digging the hole. Larry finishes digging the hole and has decided that he's reached the appropriate depth for burying a body. Um, and he finds another body, and it's revealed that this is Moira's body, and she's been drugging Ben and putting him on the lawn with a shovel to, I guess, guide him into digging the hole to find her body because when she finds, when her body gets found, then she can leave the house. I never even put that together. You're right. Yeah. Oh, and so, I also well, didn't. That okay. was that was so, then so let, let nothing. Me, let wow. me explain to you guys in the audience. The meaning here is that Moira has been drugging Ben <laughs> so that he wakes up and I guess decides to dig, which works for some reason, um, because once she finds the body or the bones are found, then her soul can oh be Oh, my free. God. Is um, that why she's trying to fuck him so she can blackmail him into digging up the body? Probably not, but that, uh, that would work. Uh, anyway. Maybe. I uh, doubt it, but, but yeah. like, the, I, the reason, the sad this, music the is not is for Hayden. The thing is, this doesn't work, because, like, because it, it made more sense when it was just, like, there's a weird, ominous yes. force emanating from the house forcing Ben to action, yes. right? Like, it was, like, a shining thing of just, like, there's a weird... Um, omnipresent force that's not fully understood that just makes oh, people do oh, shit like Ty, you think horror is better when you don't explain it nah, i don't know man that's pretty <laughs> wild maybe some... i don't know man i'm not really the horror guy i am explicitly the not horror guy I... of this podcast but yes it does feel that's that some way. auteur skinnamarink <laughs> shit i don't know man i, I think horror <laughs> explains everything and you understand exactly what it is and it has rules that you sometimes violate because you're not consistent anyway here's jessica lang but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, TLDR, um, the sad music is not because Hayden has died. The sad music is because this is like a, a it's it's a nail in the coffin metaphorically and literally because Larry sees Moira's body, realizes the implications of it, has a sad moment where he realizes what that means. We see Moira up in a window seeing him see her body. Um, but because of reasons we'll discuss later, Larry finding it doesn't count. Um, and then he proceeds to put Hayden's oh, body. Oh, because Larry's probably also a ghost, which I mm-hmm. we've all assumed. There's there's no <laughs> yeah. way, right? Like- <laughs> um, and then Larry proceeds to bury Hayden's body on top of Moira's, which means that now, because Ben is about to build a gazebo on it, now Moira's body will never be found, and she is truly stuck there for the rest of eternity. And by the way, like Jessica um, Lang says, Constance says that explicitly. It's not left to your imagination yeah. or anything. Yeah, Constance is <laughs> yeah. standing behind yeah. uh, Moira and literally says like, that. Um, and Moira yeah. is crying. Um, with that in mind, it is, for Moira, a very sad scene because you as the audience member realize, like, ah, shit, that was her ticket out and now it's fucked. But, uh, um, she was really close to getting free is, and it's fucked now. It is also... 
so funny when you remember that the reason Ben decided to build a gazebo on top of the corpse of his mistress is because Constance earlier today said, Oh, it's up, big boy, peeing all by yourself on the lawn. <laughs> you should build a gazebo there later. Yeah, and that he was same like, day. That's not, that's not a bad idea. I just, <laughs> I just, I can't, you know, I just feel like like Moira is a lot better as like some kind of weird seductress, temptress monster rather than this tragic figure, you know what I mean, than anything. Because now it's just like, well, now I just feel bad for her. Like, she just has it rough. And it's like, come on, we had a cool thing going, American Horror, so whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately Moira is um, the sad character (laughs) of the show. Um, It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it is really weird to be like, yo, here's this 13 out of 10 smoke show who loves fucking causing problems. (laughs) And then like the next episode, they're like, she's very sad. Don't you feel there actually? And it's like, that's not what I signed up for. Don't you feel bad for (laughs) your assumptions, even though it's kind of our fault and that we've been bad writing? Yeah, Koji. She breathes through her skin. I get it. Whatever. Well, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is that, like, the understood implication is that, like, she's not in control of, like, her being basically a seductress. Like, she can't help that men only see her that way. Uh So it's a curse. That's supposed to be the implication is that she's not actively doing that. It's just how men see her because of her weird curse that she got because of her weird ghost rules. Which, like... It would make sense if not for the fact that Moira has been in the room as two with two separate people at the same time as like Moira has been simultaneously being two people and doing two separate sets of actions, which just leads everything up to chaos. Like it it truly everything's impossible from that point forward. And you know, again, not to spoil American Arthur, but if you have ghost rules where it's like, okay, but you can't leave where your body is and all that, like again, Moira is this weird like not ghost because she can do this shape-shifting thing even if it's inadvertent but no other ghost really can you know like Nora is stuck with like her like head like like a fucking thing in the back of her head like she can't even fix that but like like Moira gets to be like I get to be an old lady whenever I want I guess if I'm viewed by a lady or something or nothing anyway I'm so sad that's the thing is like that's the thing is like it's it's supposed like they do a dog shit job of explaining it but the thing is like she's not doing it is the thing is like because like they do a very very passing statement in this episode where when she's getting part- yelled at, um, she says to Vivian, "Women see the soul, men only see the body." That's the deal. Is like, but she's not so doing any the of the seductress shit. <laughs> the problem I have with that isn't the seductress shit or any of that. It's that we have seen in multiple times this episode, other ghosts who die from gunshot wounds permanently have gunshot wounds. Whereas Moira became old, which means she aged afterwards. And also the gunshot wound is just a a cataract eye. Mm -hmm. And then also in young mode, she just has, she has none. Why did her ghost age? Why is everyone else not an but, old? They were like the ghosts of a teen. They should be an old man. Here's here's like <laughs> the other thing that pisses me off about it too is like, okay, fine, Moira can't control this. Okay, but that's really hard to convey when you have her doing and saying these things. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, like because 
No, no, I'm not saying oh, they're yeah. doing a good job of it, especially given that every other ghost is about to follow a completely different set of rules that is yeah. all the same rules. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they had, but, like, this idea of this cool the, thing they wanted to do with Moira that got completely shitted on when they introduced yeah. new ghost the rules. Only, yeah, I mean, I just, I guess what, like, what is, that is, like, weird about it is it's sort of have your cake and eat it, too, where it's like, I want Moira to be this tragic character, but she's also kind of, like, she actually is kind of conniving because she's, like, drugging Ben to get him to dig up the body. Or, but then she's like seducing him, and that's not—that's just her own thing. Because she's like, she's like masturbating by herself. You know what I mean? This isn't like a trick for Ben. Or I mean, it's, it is, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, the masturbating really does kind of throw a wrench in the whole damn that's like, thing. It's, it's like I get it, but like they need specific things in there to be freaky and stuff, and it doesn't work because because again, like I feel like the the central problem is. Like, why are you giving me consistent lore and things like that that I'll be able to figure out this early in a horror where it's supposed to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's even more fun. That's the, yeah, go ahead, uh, like, that's the thing that's, like, extra frustrating because, like, especially from, like, the perspective of, like, a woman, like, they come really close to touching on something that is, like, a poignant thing to say, which is that, like, men will sometimes, especially shitty men like Ben will sometimes perceive just normal actions like cleaning the house as being um, sexual or like a come on, which is like her curse. And that gets explored, like, like explored later. They come so close to having like a good statement and like a cool thing of like, oh, that in ghost form. Interesting. But then they completely just are like, but also what if she was super horny all the time and we didn't convey this well at all and also it can it completely <laughs> conflicts with all of our other ghost rules yeah they don't like draw her with like a menacing aura when she's going horny mode <laughs> like that would at least then i would be able to convey you know like oh this is some kind of dark force around her yeah. so, you know like this is something beyond her control no it's just a hot lady doing hot stuff and i'm like nice but also what does this have to do with this story? <laughs> yeah. like, this, is, this is no relevance yeah well either oh. way um they have completely <laughs> contrived um, Moira's character. She's stuck there forever now. Um, ben and Vivian built a gazebo in one day, and now they're sleeping. Um, and while they're sleeping, um, Nora, uh, our ghost from earlier, is sitting on the edge of their bed, um, like kind of just watching Vivian sleep. Like, mm, she's got a baby in there, and lightly touching her tummy. Yeah, like the thing uh, we'd probably pass over it a little quick. But earlier, when Nora was being weird about pasta arms and microwaves. At one point, Nora just go or uh, Vivian just mentions like, oh, you know, I've got all this. And also I'm pregnant. And Nora goes, Greg, (laughs) just Mm. like leans in. She's like, baby, you're Greg. Delicious. You're Greg, huh? (laughs) uh, Babies. So I guess this is the follow up of. Yes, she is metaphorically and also literally the ghost of abortions past, which is absolutely unhinged to have as a character in your show. Oh, my God. Yeah, this show is unhinged. And it's, uh, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but Nora actually ends up being one of my favorite characters. Um, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't follow you on that one, but yeah, go uh, ahead. <laughs> So just keep that in mind as these episodes progress, because this is the end of this episode. Um, but Nora will be a very important <laughs> reoccurring character who has a, keep in mind, this is for the future listeners, when we get towards the end, has one of the funniest fucking scenes in this entire show. Oh, wow, show. I actually forget that. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Just keep that in your keep that in your noggins for later. <sighs> I will, but... Ah, well, oh, man. Well. 
as mentioned, that is the end of the episode. So um, he went over. Yeah, but. I'll catch you all next week. It. Yeah, I. Where are they even going to go from here? Like, I truly don't know. Because, like, they had one major plot line and they just had Scrappy to Isn't kill that great? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Oh. They're going to add about 50 oh, more yeah, plot no, you, lines. Oh, yeah, You've seen nothing yet. Yay. You've seen nothing yet, baby. <laughs> Time flies when you're having uh, fun with the Harmons. <laughs> well, till next time, everybody. All right. <laughs> Take Later. it easy.